0: Hey everyone, it's Joel from the Shock Absorber. Once again, I am here in my study due to COVID isolation continuing. I caught it for the second time, unfortunately. And even more unfortunately, I'm sorry we couldn't bring you another new episode of the Shock Absorber this week. But we didn't want to leave you hanging, so we were able to bring you this bonus episode. And it's from another podcast that we do here at Soul Revival Church, which is called Chip Lunch. And we thought that this particular episode fit really well with our current season here on the Shock Absorber, which we have called Whatever Happened to Evangelism. And primarily, Tim, Ethan, and Hudson, who you'll meet very soon, they talk about evangelizing to Generation Z. I've listened to it already, and it's really great, so I hope you get a lot from it. We're planning to return to regular Shock Absorber programming very soon, but I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a great time, and one way. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chip Lodge Podcast. Podcast. Uh, it is very exciting. Um, we are we are the podcast, as was talked <laughs> about before. Um, <laughs> Hudson would say if we sat in a different order, we'd be uh, T H and E. Uh, this is this is I'm Ethan. Uh, this is Tim okay. and Hudson, uh, both of which have been on the podcast before.
1: Second time, second
0: time. Yep. Second time for you as well? Second time for me, yeah, yeah. Repeat. Very cool. Welcome back, guys. Um, it's very cool to have you. Um, one of the things we do every week is we talk about how you guys like your chips, and we found something interesting is that apparently we don't <laughs> do this every time.
2: Tim, how do you like your chips? Because we did not ask you last time. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about it till afterwards, and I'm really sad hearing everyone else's responses that I didn't get to share. Uh, no, it's fun. <laughs> um, I honestly didn't think about it. Um, how do I have my chips? Uh, yes. Um, Chicken salt, yeah, yeah, I've got a chicken yeah. salt
0: gang. Welcome to the welcome to our the the, the light side. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Actually, one of the interesting questions, um, just to add a bit of spice here. Mm. So, a couple of people have talked about their favourite chips yep. and their different chip shop. Mm-hmm. I have to say, hands down, K and M guy Mere yep. that a few people have yep. uh, referenced no longer there, changed hands, uh, went belly up, uh, because I think they changed their oil. Um, they I do think it. the like of the. They the, just move. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. I think the good thing about the uh, K&M was that they never changed their oil. Mm. Um, and so you've got like about, you know, 20 years worth of flavor right yeah. there. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> probably not. <but laughs> just in the same <laughs> bar. <laughs> someone that
1: uh, works in the fast food industry, I, would, yeah. I have experience. In <laughs> you've got experience so of, old, of not yes. changing oil? Oh, no, I... Change oil. Oh, you change oh, okay. oil. Right. Oil, okay. oil is very expensive, I've realised. Well, that's why yeah. you don't change it very often. you just got to yeah. keep, keep the flavour similar. I feel similar bad, around. like, wasting all this money. Yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah. the best chips that I've ever had, mm. uh, which I will never, I'm sure, ever have again, um, was actually in uh, Uganda. Um, wow. I had the privilege of going with um, YouthWorks a number of years ago. And I think it was called the Zebra Inn or the Zebra Motel. Uh, it was awesome. in the middle of this, you know, the highway from one place to another. Um, and they were just outstanding chips. I don't know what it is with the potatoes in Uganda or the oil, um, what they cooked in, but they were the best chips I've ever eaten in my life.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. That is, so what was it, what was it called in Uganda? I think it was the
2: uh, Zebra Inn or the z- something. The Zebra Inn. Let me inn. fact check myself. Hit while we that talk. up.
0: Um, Hudson, while, while the fact check is happening, um, have you, are you still, we did ask you last time, yes, are, we you, did. are you still where, are you in the same spot?
1: I am in the same spot. What uh, was the spot, just to the refresh? The spot was uh, chicken salt, the, the light side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have recently added to the light side. I, would you consider my, because you've already heard it, would you consider that the light side?
0: Yeah, oh, I, I, I keep talking. I, I, I agree with Kay. everything you're about Thank to you say. Good.
1: I thought I was going to be like Anakin and no, change no, no, no. over to the dark no, no, no. side, <laughs> kill a bunch of younglings. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> Deep uh, I Wars have reference. since watching Jabisha's podcast, uh, uh, experienced the glory of adding gravy to your chips. It is right.
0: absolutely. It is. Unbelievable!
1: Oh,
2: yeah, actually, well, uh, Wollongong Uni, we've talked about uni's. Chip and gravy uh, roll, the, yeah, chip and gravy roll. Mm-hmm. Um, back in my day, it was two dollars. It's probably like about twenty five now. It's three dollars. Oh, three dollars. Oh, yeah. there we go. So it's still a bargain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the like it's that. the Zebra Hotel in oh, yes. Makasa, Uganda. So if there anyone, if uh, all of our Makasa watchers, mm-hmm. um, if you're travelling by, say good day to the Zebra Hotel and yep. try out the chips,
0: and let us know in the comments. Yeah. Um, that yeah, the chip and chip and gravy roll is I reckon now in my top tier as well upon reflection. Um, that's that's where it goes, I reckon. So, uh, fantastic, great to hear from you both. Know, <laughs> um, we, we were trying to fact check whether we'd asked you before about the chips and we couldn't find it. So I think we haven't, um, but Dave will double check that for us. It wasn't at the um, start. Like, it wasn't the start, so yeah. uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, excellent, excellent to hear. Um, we are doing something a little bit different uh, on this podcast is we've we've done the first bit normally, um, but we're doing a little bit of a shout out for the shock absorber. Now the shock absorber is uh, currently doing a season on evangelism, and it's really exciting uh, to be looking at um, the history of evangelism. Uh, we've looked at we've had some guests in and talked about uh, specifically uh, evangelism to youth and evangelism to children, um, and and looking at. That they were both people from youth works uh, where Tim works uh, which was really cool uh, yeah, youth works where Tim works um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was yeah, that, that's been really great uh, I would really highly recommend uh, listening to this season it's really cool it's a particularly uh, it's a particular season close to my heart um, as I'm very passionate about evangelism um, but Tim I just thought could you give us a little before we get into the rest of the podcast where we talk a little bit more about evangelism um, in a different way. Um, Do you want to give us a little bit of a rundown on what the Shock Absorber has been doing uh, or any highlights or anything like that?
2: Yeah, so we've been started this season with the question, whatever happened to evangelism? And so we're thinking about uh, do we evangelise much today? Is it different in our um, today as it has been in other periods throughout history? Um, I think we're asking the question because we have noticed that there doesn't seem to be the same kind of um, priority or the same kind of um, structures in place or the energy for evangelism that we have had. Um, in other even seasons of our life as, as a church or a soul revival over the last 30 years. And so we're thinking about whatever happened to evangelism, where did it go, what happened, uh, is it happening, what's effective, what's not. And so we've done a little bit of a study on what is currently around. We've looked at um, some recent studies from a few different groups like Barna um, in the US and a few others that have talked about the state of evangelism. Um, And particularly because we're thinking from a shock absorber point of view where we're sort of prioritising the voices of young people, we're thinking what's happening with millennials and Gen Z and the way that they interact with their peers and how that influences um, the way that they feel that they can evangelise, share the Jesus story with others. So we've taken that and then we've, uh, the last number of episodes, tracking through the history of evangelism as well. So gone back from sort of you know the early church right through till I think we're almost at the nineteen eighties. We've got a mm-hmm. little bit more to go to catch up to today. Um but we've been looking at what is the history of evangelism, which has also brought us in line with the history of the evangelical. And so what is an evangelical? There's kind of been a question over the last couple of weeks. Um, and looking at the difference between um, evangelicals and moderates and fundamentalists and how those different streams came about, particularly in America, um, but also the influence of um, British evangelicalism is really strong and how the evangelicals have been trying to define themselves as sticking closely to the message of Jesus um, and not being sort of taken off task. But there's been a number of things that have kind of come up and Butted against that, we talked about the monkey trial, um, Mm -hmm. which is where uh, people, uh, there was a debate in some southern states of America about whether you were allowed to teach evolution Mm. in schools. And so the fundamentalists sort of took the evolutionists to court to argue that you shouldn't teach evolution in schools. And one of the interesting things that we see this a couple of times throughout the last century is... Technically, the evangelical Christians won the court case, but in the popular opinion, mm. they came out quite negatively and seem as obstructionist um, and fundamentalist, and you know, all the sort of a whole lot of negative things that we would say is not actually part of the gospel of Jesus. And so, we're kind of looking at those things, asking some questions about what that looked like, but yeah, also looked at some key evangelists, Whitfield, Wesley, mm-hmm. um, Billy Graham, and others that have kind of helped shape what evangelism is and
0: it's been fantastic to follow along and it's still going it is still going, um, and so we are kind of so like you said we're only up to the 80s um, there's lots more to come um, and one of the things uh that we'll be talking about uh in the future is is the the now um and we thought we'd just fast forward the now a little bit um <laughs> and talk about someone who is uh in high school right now let's let's use a little bit about a uh, little bit of that shock absorber uh, stuff that we've spent—we spend so much time at so Arrival talking about—and uh, talk to um, a young person in school. Um, what what year are you in, Hudson? Uh, year eleven. Hudson's currently. in year eleven, um, and you are someone who last time on the shock absorber uh, shock absorber. Last time on the Chip Launch podcast, um, I recall talking about how the, the one of the big takeaways from it was that you were like. Oh, I, I really want to do evangelism, but I struggle with it because I'm. We, we talked a lot about introversion. We talked a lot oh, about that yes. kind of stuff. Um, do you have any any thoughts? H- how do you go with evangelism now?
1: Well, uh, I don't know if I told this when I was uh, on the thing, but I had just. I don't know if it, by that point, but I recently, when I say recently, like a year ago, mm. I just joined a, a group of friends outside school. Uh, so that was like. It was a group of friends that i'd met through other friends and now it's one big group uh at the start of course i was uh introverted not talking to anyone apart from the uh, core guys that i knew but now having those connections through that group it has made it made me a lot more confident talking with that stuff and i think i mentioned the point i'm very like a lot more comfortable if i don't have to say i'm a christian and they know which which sometimes can be very hard Mm. Because that basically means I have to be perfect all the time, and <laughs> <laughs> you guys know me very well. I'm not perfect all the time.
0: None of us are. But that, yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Um, back onto that in, uh, introvert thing. The reason we uh, mm. I made that a big point last time was because my brother, who has also been on this podcast, is like the complete opposite of me, and that is something I really admire about him. He's able to talk about anything and to anyone really, mm. which is super cool. Which I think is like a cool kind of contrast you could talk about like um his way he does his things mm. and the way I do my things
0: because mm. there's like two unique perspectives mm. in that and and you're twins so that makes it really cool exactly um yeah. as as someone um do, do you have any as someone who is introverted and is and you've shared a little bit but do you have any strategies that you use uh, in evangelism now as you talk to people about Jesus um
1: well, one of the strategies that I had, because I got very lucky recently, I found that I have two Christians in my group. Hmm. So any time I have any cre- questions, I ask them. Hmm. But um, I, as I always said to myself that, or always have said to myself that, I have to try and show it, especially if I'm not going to say too much. And you, I don't know. I I guess it was a lot very easy for me being an introverted person who everyone basically said everything for me there was no no need for me to say anything i just had to act which sometimes can be the hardest bit Hmm. as we've said before but yeah i i didn't have to do much um for tips i don't know i i know how to really phrase it in a way because i i've got reflecting on it i've got very lucky with Hmm. my situation some people are not in the same situation but and maybe won't have the same situation outcome that i had mm-hmm. with that so yeah
0: so you you have uh, as a part of your um hanging out with those this group of mates um you've been trying to get along to church and get along to um do stuff like that um without naming any names um how's that going like are you
1: that's going really well um surprisingly and to be honest i have not it's all been God's work. I have done nothing. <laughs> because, so when was it? It was like three weeks ago, I would like to say. We sure. had two. We'll go with that. We had, uh, <laughs> we had the three core cool guys, Alpha One, I'm calling him, uh, Beta, Beta uh, Two and Three. <laughs> and uh, just for context, I'm Alpha A. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. But, uh, yeah, so they, they had been coming along quite a bit. Not, not all of them at the same time. I because they have work or whatever, or they didn't want to go or whatever. But that they are uh, one of them. Alpha one had uh, been he'd been coming like pretty pretty consistently, which is <laughs> amazing to see because he's the one that I was like, got to target him. He's mm-hmm. he's gonna bring everyone else to him. Mm-hmm. And three weeks ago, we had those three come and two girls go come as well from that Wild. group, which is amazing. Uh, it was very funny because they. So we had a late night, which is a thing we do, which is for, uh, year, uh, year 10, term four, four, but that normally, so year 10, term four or year 11 to all ages up that, Mm -hmm. uh, they hang out after church from like eight till whenever whenever you want to get sleep, (laughs) which is different stages for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, we uh, we do a talk at like 9.
0: Yeah, we hang out at 8.30.
1: 8.30 talk uh, about something, which is really cool. um uh I sit down here. They have work, so they get off at like 8 and catch a train at 8.30. Mm. And <laughs> I walk out and I see, well, I, I can see off the driver. I just see my friend and two girls standing there. I'm like, right, maybe they might need some help. <laughs> And I go out and they're like, they've been standing there for like 10 minutes saying, cause <laughs> that particular night we had, we were in the dark.
0: Oh yeah. It was, it was the dark We turned night. all the
1: lights off. Cause and it was earth hour. So we hour, turned all the lights yeah.
0: off. So anyone coming in would have just been like, is it even, is it on? And we were just like sitting in here with one light on. And so we could actually see, but yeah, it was quite humorous.
1: Uh, we walked in and there was a round of applause. Yeah, we <laughs> we, yeah they got clapped. It's not awkward at all. No, not awkward oh, at all. We, yeah. And the, the space where we're in is a pretty big area and we had to do a whole lap around the thing oh. to get to where we were sitting. And it was, it was interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, fortunately, they did not um, take to that to heart. They, they enjoyed it quite as much. One of my friends actually mm. enjoyed it very much that he took it upon himself to put his hands up and Yeah, wave at uh, the crowd. wave to his crowd basically like a, a Roman emperor, I would mm-hmm. like to say, um, which is good. It probably takes stress off the other people. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that was very cool to see that those people came. Okay. Mm.
2: But that's a really cool little, sorry. No, I was going to ask, if you had, I don't know, your observations from that night or times you've hung out with them afterwards, like how did they experience that night? What were the any thoughts or reflections that they've had about the night and what it meant to hang out at a, at a church?
1: Well, it's quite a weird concept, the vibe I was getting. Um, yeah, they they'd probably never been in a church, maybe for a wedding. One probably has the one of the girls had, one of the girls pro- I don't think hadn't, and obviously the boys had been coming to these church for quite a while, so they were pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they um, we just it was uh smalls night, so we had some chocolates. I'm so happy that uh before because usually we just go outside and talk, which gotta be honest, that's not the best way of doing it, but at least they're here take the take the small wins. Oh mm. dude,
0: I I did something very similar when I was in high school and the boys instead of sitting outside, which is what your boys have done a few times, they went upstairs and played video games all night. and were very loud and just yelled at each other for an entire mm. evening. <laughs> there was there has been accounts where people were like, "Why are they why do they come here to do this every week? Like they could do it anywhere, but it is going upstairs and being loud." But yeah, so it's we will we'll get the baby steps, baby steps.
1: Yeah, but uh they fortunately they were before we walked out, because there's, like, so there's, like, tables. So we had to do, like, a massive loop again mm. back the way we came. And we were stopped at every path, which was good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Having, meeting, like, new people and yep. other Christians, which was super amazing. So, yeah, it was cool. They, are, they did say they enjoyed it. Yeah, good. They haven't been back since, but that's not a bad thing. <laughs> life has gone in the way. But hopefully they'll be here this Saturday, I think.
0: That would be very cool. We could do the little feedback recap thing in the description they came back this they time. came yeah. back
2: <laughs> and we gave them more applause yeah <laughs> we yeah. clapped again yeah
0: um yeah that's really cool man um the yeah it's it's really exciting that um and really cool that you have a place uh to invite people um and that's a really especially for someone who uh, feels less keen to actually have those conversations at school um or with them um, it's really easy to go, hey, yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I, I struggle to talk about this a little more, but I know a bunch of people who don't. And here is the place where that doesn't happen. Where where there is a lot of people that don't struggle with that. Um, I think we talked uh, on one of the Chompsorb episodes, uh, probably the really the, one of the really early ones in this season, about um, evangelism personalities. Mm. Uh, for those listening, I'm doing quotation marks um, <laughs> because uh, one of the takeaways from that episode was that. It doesn't matter what your personality is some people yes are more inclined to talk about their faith but that doesn't mean that they should do it more than others should do it like just because you feel like oh maybe i'm not good at it or or, or whatever like i don't or the, the introversion gets in the way or whatever mm. not that it gets in the way but that's the whole point right the whole point is that it doesn't and that yes i'm because i'm a christian i'm going to be evangelizing in this space um, and that's really cool. That's really exciting. Um, Tim, do you have any thoughts?
2: Yeah, no, I think uh, just to anyone who might have missed that episode, just to re- recap that yes, there are yes. different, um, there are some people who uh, more like you were saying, your brother, Daniel, mm. who um, is just, and, and Ethan, you know, put you in this category as well, like just <laughs> you know, raging extrovert type personalities yeah. um, and can go and have really, um, don't have that, uh, awkwardness of just going to have bold conversations with mm. any and everyone. Um, and then, and so that's a real gift. And for, I mean, that's, yeah, there's personality traits, yeah, whether you're a Christian or not. But God, I think, particularly um, infuses those people with a great gift of being able to then uh, talk about Jesus in those kind of circumstances. You can actually use that. Um, that natural, natural extroversion to talk about Jesus and invite people and ask them how they're going and ask them for a response. Um, but not everyone has that particular type of personality and then there are those um, who, who might, maybe it's an introversion thing, maybe it's social awkwardness, there's all sorts of mm, different things of um, uh, who don't have that particular gifting. But one of the things we wanted to highlight in those early episodes of this season was that all Christians are called to Um, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Mm. And so it is right for all Christians to be able to explain the gospel, to talk about our own personal faith. Um, And for some, we're more comfortable doing that on a one-on-one you know, on a couch or over coffee or while driving in the car and just having small conversations. That might be the way that we feel comfortable to be able to do that um, rather than in front of big crowds or in big groups of people. We may not be – we're not all alpha As like uh, Hudson over here. <laughs> and so, yeah, some of us, um, you yeah, know, we just from our, our beta um, role can yeah still but influence others. And mm. uh, the other thing that Hudson, you're saying really nicely is that either that we – we show it, like our, our actions um, and that idea that we live Christianly wherever we are. Um, and one of the things that, th- it's Peter that talks about prepared to give an answer, I think it is. Um, one of the things I think behind his um, comments about being prepared to give an answer for the hope we have is that our life should generate questions in others. Mm. So the way that we act and behave um, gives people pause and goes, oh, that's weird. Why do you not? like this thing that everyone else likes? Why don't you spend time doing this thing that everyone else does? Why do you speak differently, Um, you know, treat others differently? Why are you more patient or kind or self-controlled or whatever it is? Like as we exhibit the fruits of the Spirit as we live as Christians, people should be asking, oh, that's a little bit different to what Mm. I see elsewhere. Um, Why is that? Uh, And somehow to be able to explain, well, I'm a Christian. I think that has a big part to play in it. Um, and that might start to generate those small conversations. Um, I was thinking back to when I was working in retail and my boss that I'd worked really closely with, she was the, the manager, I was a 2IC, so, and it was just the two of us about five days a week. Uh, and we just have lots of questions and a lot of times it's just about silly stuff. We're about the same age, so we joke around yeah. and um, whatever. But every now and then she knew that I was a Christian. She kind of had a Christian-adjacent story like she knew christians i think other people in her family may have gone to church every now and then so she knew enough just to ask questions mm. and so every now and then it would just she'd ask questions about uh so what does it actually mean for a christian to believe this or oh, why is it that christians do these things and just those small little moments as i spent time with her in relationship we're able to share and um you know speak into those and, and speak truth and start to yeah evangelize and help mm. her with that yeah
0: and there is there is um a really important place for both yes absolutely groups of people um there is it is really important that there are people who are more like myself uh who are going to be very loud and (laughs) um and yeah really able to go up to anyone and, and and talk about jesus but um there is also a really important beautiful place to be able to do that uh particularly in relationship um, and as we're seeing with, uh, Hudson, you and your mates, um, you are able to hang out with these boys that you know really well. Um, and now girls, as that group has gotten bigger, um, and they have become more aware of your your faith. Um, and now you are someone that can have those conversations, um, with them. And that's, that's really important. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, it is really, it is really difficult to then go, oh, well, now that, now that they know I'm a Christian, I have to actually live that out um <laughs> and that's and that's not easy and um particularly in high school that's not easy as everyone's uh shifting around and doing things um yeah do do you have anything to talk to that or was that a good summary or
1: no it was a pretty good summary <laughs> um I've got something else to jump on too <laughs> cool. uh just what i've do you want to ask your questions because this might jump into that like just yeah oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah let's do this, this well is yeah so i was
2: i've been uh doing a bit of research on um The Spirituality of Gen Z. So uh, Hudson is the Gen Z representative on the table. Um, Welcome to the table. Welcome to the table. Thank (laughs) you. So what was that Generations Game? Was it Sean McAuliffe? Uh, Yeah, game. talking about my generation. generation. Um, But, yeah, I just thought it was interesting because this is a whole lot of statistics from some research that was done. Um, And with any of this kind of research, it's good to kind of say, oh, here's a very broad picture. Um, But then also to take it into, well, yeah, let's take advantage of the fact that we know uh, a a, Gen Z. Um, a gen just gen, just, just see, if, yeah, see if this is representative. Um, B. <laughs> the, the. The Gen Z. Um, so one of the things that points out, so I'm just going to I guess throw a few things at you and just sort of say, is it, would you say this is kind of true of you and your friends and the people you um, are around, your peers? Uh, so the first thing is the, um, the majority of Gen Z um, do not identify with the religion. So 52%, if they're asked what religion they are, Will tick no religion. Um, so I guess yeah. I guess you, you and your peers. How many w- of your peers would claim any kind of religion and put a little label on that? Did you said fifty two percent right? Fifty two percent have no religious identification.
1: That's very interesting because my uh, perception of like if I would ask the same question and like not doing the survey myself but like thinking what the answer would be, mm. I would think it would be like close to ninety. Yeah, and, okay. And now like actually like being more comfortable with the my peer group and hearing a bunch of stuff. It's that's I don't know if it would be that high. I think it would be maybe a, a bit lower, but there's definitely more Christians than I expected. Mm. Which which has been super cool to hear.
2: Yeah, okay. Do you, I mean, uh, we're in a, a part of Sydney which is not hugely multicultural, it's growing in its multiculturalness, but do you have many peers or people you can identify at school that would be from non-Western, non-Anglo religions, like, you know, Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, those kind of religious groups?
1: I think I have one, but I, from that answer that I've just given that's basically a no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And obviously, that's going to be that's going to change. Different demographics, mm-hmm. different parts of uh, even just parts of Sydney where we are um, will have very different answers to that. Um, one of the things, though, that this report uh, shows is that even though very or the minority of Gen Zs would label a particular religion, mm. um, they still have very significant spiritual beliefs. Yes. So, um, uh, just to throw out a couple of numbers, so thirty-seven percent um, say they believe in God and will name. Actual God. Uh, another 30% on top of that say they believe in a higher power. And only 24%, so a quarter, only a quarter would say they have no belief in God and they're certain that there is no God, no higher being. Um, another 10% said, I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, so again, like thinking about your, your peers, even though they wouldn't necessarily label, and you reckon like 90% close to would say, no, I don't have a religious identification. What would they say in terms of do they believe that there's a god or a higher power out there?
1: I th- think there would be like a 60% maybe higher that there is a higher power. Yeah. Mm. Um whether that's god or something that's mm. another question. But yeah, I think there's 60% of people that would identify that they mm. believe that there's a higher power or something which is yeah. very interesting.
0: I think there's i think there's something i'm seeing a lot of at the moment in um i for those who don't know i'm the youth pastor here at soror church um and i spend a lot of time having these kind of conversations with teenagers and mm. um this is a particular uh thing i talk about really regularly um and i get a lot of the the nine percent don't know unsure i see that being heaps higher okay like there's a lot more Oh, i don't know and, and that, I don't know, is also when I don't care. Like, yeah, like, that's really it's interesting. Like a, it's like, a, like I, don't, I don't necessarily think there's anything above. But I don't really, like, I don't, it doesn't affect me, um, and but I'm not sure. And that's, I think, so that number's a little bit yeah. higher in, in my brain. That, that's what.
1: It also depends who's asking the question. Cause, okay. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I'd feel like um, an older person asking that question, you're getting like a 90 Ninety percent. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I mean, that might be have something to do with them labeling them as a teacher. Yeah, and if, yes. you, if you if you uh, have been in a high school, you know what the um the culture around teachers are. Yeah. Old it's man Ethan here. Yeah. yeah that's that's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um I know I've heard some very <laughs> interesting. Like, so I've been in in English. Uh, when someone's been away, I'd sit by myself, not sad, not sad, doing my work because I'm a, I'm a grinder in English. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the grind to, <laughs> to read grind. to read them books. That's it. Um, and oh, I'd, I'd h- heard these people talk about um, Christianity behind me, and it was like really weird. I I did not hear everything, but the fact that they were talking about Christianity was hmm. super cool to me. And uh, going on top of that, something that I very uh, struggled very uh, a lot with. Does that vary a lot? I've struggled a lot with, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in my faith is um, realizing that not everyone's perfect. Mm. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it sounds simple, but it's not. Mm. Like when some someone's done something and you're like, they're supposed to be Mm. perfect. Mm. Quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. Mm. (laughs) For those um, beta listeners. Or on Spotify. <laughs> Watch the YouTube video because then you get to see <laughs> all the quotation marks. Us. The um the. yeah. Uh what
0: was I going on? Oh my gosh. You were I saying <laughs> you were saying that uh you're talking about people not being perfect.
1: Oh yeah, so I struggled with that. Um which is very uh hard, especially since I've found a bunch of Christians that I never would have thought a Christian. Mm. Which is saying that like you guys are Christian, like how do I see this? Mm. Um in your actions which is a very bad thought but it also helps me reflect like if i look back on myself i can say wait you're you're literally doing the, the same thing that they are doing and mm. judging them for which is something i've uh had to work a lot on mm. on judging people for their actions when i'm blatantly doing it myself
2: mm. yeah it's a hard tension isn't it like that living life of a christian because we we know that no one's perfect Mm. and we will always will struggle with sin right until the moment where jesus takes us to glory um and yet also we're also expected to be living out the fruits of the spirit and and the you know living as a christian to be salt and light in the world uh and so yeah we're trying to work out okay how does it how do you balance those two things i think is i mean it's every Christian's struggle right to Mm. work out what did that look like um And, yes, I would like to be the kind of person where if someone uh, – like I'm, I'm more like you, Hudson, like I'm more, you know, don't – in public s- settings where I am kind of don't know people heaps well and I'm not out there, you know, hey, everyone, I'm a Christian and you should come to church and, yeah, like I'm just mm. a bit more introverted. Um, but I would like to think that, you know, my neighbours and my you know, my hairdresser and, you know, the, the checkout people – like all those kind of interaction, those social interactions that if they found out that I was a Christian, they'd be like, Oh, of course. Like, mm, yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. Um, rather than, huh, really that person, they're a Christian. Um, and so just trying to think like, how can I be the best possible neighbor? Um, you know, customer, whatever it is, all those different social situations where it, I can feel a bit awkward talking about Jesus, but i am still trying to live that life where people would go, Oh, that makes sense. Um, but I, I also shared. Uh, I think on the, the first time I was on Chip Lunch, a really significant person for me was a teacher, Christian teacher at school, um, who really helpfully challenged me mm. um, and said, "Oh, Tim, you're a Christian, aren't you?" I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I guess so." Uh, he goes, "Great. Here's the areas of your life I don't see that playing out." Mm. Um, and I was like, "Oh, wow!" Um, and it was pretty hardcore, but it was. Kind of what I needed as well because, Mm. uh, yeah, like you're reflecting, Hudson, that there are times when, um, as teenagers and and even as adults, where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I am a Christian, I own it, but uh, maybe I'm not living it. And for someone else to come alongside, this is discipleship, right? When someone else comes alongside and says, "Um, I know you, I love you, I'm for you, Mm. and here's some areas where uh, you, you know, God can continue to work in your life and you can continue to. Um, kill off the sin and, and live with the new man, not the old man, and all those kinds of pictures. Mm.
0: And I think that's really um, that discipleship relationship is really important. Um, and because uh, especially when, like you said, there's there's a few other Christians in your friendship group, um, and that all that isn't necessarily always the easiest mm. um, uh, measurement um, of, of of your own how your walk's going, right? Um, and so. Having that, using this shock absorber thing that we talk about so often, and having older people in your life and um, and then younger people in your life that you can speak into, and um, yeah, that's it's really important to be able to build those relationships and Mm. have that. Um, My only other point uh, that I had on that bit of statistic uh, from before was that I the other thing I find a lot of was alongside the not really caring um which could definitely just be because I'm old um <laughs> the um is that there's a lot of belief in a spirituality so it's not necessarily a higher power but there is a spiritual norm which, Cool, we're getting to. Oh, yeah, um, no, no, I got some. I got some fun statistics. Yeah, on this yeah. Too. Um, where there's a lot of there's a lot of um, healing crystals and astrology, star signs, star signs. Oh, that's um, the best thing ever. That that that's really interesting. <laughs> how that's growing heaps. Yeah, yes.
2: it, it is really interesting that. Um, and this is what this study is showing that there's, uh, even though uh, there's not a lot of people who would uh, define a certain religious label Mm. um, that there's a lot of spiritual beliefs going on. So here's a few, and i was just get you to, again, just kind of reflect (laughs) Hudson. Um, So 20% in the study said they believe, this is definitely believes in. So they tick definitely believe. 20% um, in astrology, so that'd be your star signs and your whatever. Uh, 20% in UFOs. 50% in karma. (laughs) That kind of makes, I can see that Mm -hmm. happening. Uh, 31% in ghosts. 29% in reincarnation uh, and 25% the possibility of communicating with the dead. So there's lots of spiritual stuff going on. Mm. Um, I don't know, Do, do do, uh, do you guys talk about the possibility of UFOs very often in your friendship circles?
1: No, UFOs don't really come up, i I got to say. We maybe it's
2: the other 20%. Maybe maybe <laughs> I'm hanging out with the wrong people, They're not the UFO
1: people. Maybe maybe they've been taken, that's why. Oh, they know yes. too much. <laughs> 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 they
0: talk with each other on Reddit. <laughs> that whole 20% is already gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the UFOs. But
1: definitely the star signs. Okay,
2: that so how did the, like, Give me give me an. In, I'm an old man now. Give me an insight into a You know a high school conversation about star signs. What's going on?
1: So for example in uh a subject that I do ist information software technology. Oh and design that add a d on there um, <laughs> uh, we had this conversation about star signs and this is uh two girls talking to like Five six boys mm-hmm. and um, i'm sure you you know the what well, I'm gonna say next, like about about the how how boys act when there's when there's girls around. Yeah, well, um, they yeah. were ripping them to shreds about believing in star signs, cause it, cause it, cause like um I get the whole vibe about star signs is like it uh decides your personality mm. and stuff with and uh, I don't know what's uh, if this has boosted it at all, but on Snapchat, if you uh, click on someone's profile, you can see their star sign. And then you can see your star sign compatibility with that person.
2: Right? Is that just standard? Like, if yeah, I just create an account, that it just comes up because yeah, it, you just, went to your birthday? it just comes
0: up with whatever your birthday is. Yeah, right. It Amazing. There you go. It's very weird. That's we. We're getting a lot of the, um, a lot of young people putting putting um, their star signs in their bios, mm. okay. um, on social media, um, and there's a lot of that stuff. I've had a lot of conversations with, um, uh, uh, work at a. Uh, part-time, a before, before uh, casually, sorry, at a before and after school care uh, and there's a bunch of uh, year 12s and now ex-year 12s that all believe in astrology chatting to, chatting to us about that and that's all really interesting and those kind of conversations are, um, yeah, they're very, what's your star sign and now I'm going to tell you what kind of person you are. That's the kind of stuff yeah, that is getting yeah. from that. Um, I don't know if it, I don't know how many people go deeper spiritually than that, um, because there is other elements to it that you can really that some people do go into. Yeah. Um, but I think most of it is is what Hudson was talking about in the, from my observation, mm. has been the, um, yeah, you are this type of person and you match with this type of person. Yeah. Um, or you clash with this type of person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we, which is interesting, like it's, it gives us a framework to think through. Why do, why am I friends with this person and not this person? And you, know, you can reduce that down to, oh, well, cause they have yeah, their birthday Capricorn. in April. So they're a such and such. Yeah. And, um, Taurus. <laughs> <No>. Taurus. <laughs> Wait, is it Taurus? I have uh, no did idea. I, a I would no. never- There's a T know. one, there's, there's a, a T one. There's No, I, Taurus the Pokemon. No, yeah, no, there's a
0: Pokemon. I <laughs> actually don't know. I'm a Pikachu. There's a T one, I think. There's a T one, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I've just offended <laughs> a whole bunch of people.
2: <laughs> no, I think Taurus is one.
1: I
0: don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask.
2: Um yeah, but it's interesting, like there is this, and, and this is one of the things that comes out in this report, is that even though uh, there's a lack of um, definitive religious belief, what's really fascinating is the, the spiritual uh, quest is mm, still there. Yeah, for sure. There are still, that, so uh, even though one way of looking at the data is, oh my goodness, we've got all these um, teenagers and high schoolers who are not interested in religious things because they're not ticking Christian, Muslim, Hindu on the box. But when you think about what are they actually interested in, there's still a spiritual yearning there. There's still something going on. And they just, they don't, for some, there's a whole lot of complicated reasons why they might not like organised religions. Mm. Um, yeah. But very happy to talk about spiritual things. And, mm. and you know, we could point, pinpoint that to the fact that there is a spiritual nature to us. And so it's um, yeah. good and right for us to have a yearning for spiritual things. And as we think about evangelism it's okay well how do we have the conversations which help identify the spiritual yearnings that um our young people are having and saying that yearning is good mm. uh, and yet the answers you are finding at the moment will not ultimately satisfy 100%. Um, because they're not ultimately true yeah. and so ha- let's there is a, a right spiritual yearning and there is a right endpoint to that uh which we believe is the gospel of jesus christ
0: I had a really interesting conversation with one of the people that i have had conversations about astrology with um and the conclusion to the conversation was a part of it sorry was um oh you go to church that's really really cool um i i actually reckon that there's probably um I, i reckon there's probably a god um but i'm just not at a stage of life where i can check that out yet so i'll get there and it was just this really interesting like this person was very aware that they were on there that, that journey of some sorts. Mm. Um, and they were currently in all of this astrology stuff that they were really content with. And he was saying, actually, but I'm not, I don't know if I am really content with this. Um, and so I'm, 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 I know that I need to check other things out. Um, and that person just was not prepared at that point to do that. Um, but yeah, I find it really interesting that, yeah, that, that desire and that drive is definitely there. Yeah.
1: Uh, another example mm. that I've had with spiritualness not in a christian sense is crystals which mm. was more of a bit yep. um i had a conversation with uh, a person about how um so i got the whole rundown on crystals and mm-hmm. what each crystal does which mm. is very fascinating um so she she had um just uh, been doing exams and she was very stressed so she was uh showing me her procedure that she went through to um to i guess Try and stress less which was like mm. have something in your bag like a stone crystal that would mm. do something like basically a routine that would that she felt that would um lower her stress through the power of crystals mm. uh my uh what i said to her was they just look
0: cool <laughs> fair enough I, um, <laughs> I think but i think that's another like that's an even more spiritual like especially when star signs is more about compatibility and stuff and 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 personalities and personality traits like when when that's easy to lock onto, but healing crystals oh sorry crystals have been that step forward that are it's also very trendy um Mm. but it is it's that step forward of yeah i i charge these once a month um oh yeah
2: you have to charge them
0: under the yeah under a full moon um is a how you charge the crystals. Lucky you don't have
2: to do it more often because it wouldn't work really wouldn't well work would it. wouldn't work really well at no. all.
0: Um, and then, um, yeah, and then different crystals do different things.
2: Yeah. 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 Which gives us gives, a gives story to understand the world yeah. uh, and the things that are going on or not going on mm. for us. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so, yeah.
0: And that's, yeah, that's just going just as, not rampant, but it's happening heaps in high schools mm-hmm. um, and it's happening heaps in um, a lot of older generations too, actually. Yep. Um. There's a lot of um, at a before and after at the before and after school care I work at. There's a lot of mums, um, at that that are um, really interested in all that stuff.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. That
0: would I reckon be in that camp of no, there is no god. Um, that they would put that down. Um.
2: Yep. Yeah. But there's something spiritual going on, and yeah. crystals can help us harness. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yep. Um, Hudson the. The other statistics here have to do with how tolerant people are of other people's beliefs. Now, you know, you're saying your your friendship group knows that you're a Christian. Um, what's that experience like for you? Like for them to not be Christian, acknowledge that they're not Christian, know that you are Christian. Does that come with any tension or gentle ribbing, or like what is that actually like for you?
1: Um, well, a first coming from an all-boy group that like. A four-boy group that has been close together forever. Ethan will resonate with this. They rip each other to shreds. Mm. Yep. Anything that they can find, they will, yeah. they will attack at. It's been, <laughs> if I've been honest, it's been pretty chill. They, they haven't, like, a, a occasional joke left, left or right. But it hasn't been that bad. And that kind of culture has been moved into the next group. Like, mm. a couple jokes. So, on Sunday, I went out with that group. And um, I was uh, stealing someone's ice cream <laughs> because I wanted ice cream, but I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the comment that she made was, um, I thought you were Christian. And I was like, I didn't um, think about it then, but uh, that night I reflect on my action. I was like, although it wasn't like the worst thing just to annoy her by stealing her ice cream. I should probably reflect on my actions in that group especially as I'm hard pushing for mm. evangelistic um things in that group that I should reflect as often as possible with that.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that I think I think that's really um yeah, I can resonate with that especially the the cultural um payout Culture that we oh. are in um, and has been—it's not new. Um, no. It is especially, especially as as guys, um, we've had a lot of uh, girls on the Chip Lunch podcast that have said uh, different and similar things. Um, but as as guys, it's really easy to say, um, yeah. It's there's a lot of just absolutely ripping each other to shreds. Something that I found in high school um, was I tried to make that the thing that they ripped me to shreds for. Um, okay because I found that a, that was heaps easier because they weren't going it like, <laughs> they weren't going at like physical attributes or character flaws. They were just like, you're a Christian, you're an idiot. And I was like, sick that I can run with. Cause that's like, I, I decide like, that's a, that's a choice on my part. Like you're just paying me out for something I believe in and something I, um, so that was great. Um, but at the same time, it is, it doesn't make it easier. Mm. Um, and uh, however, it is, uh, a testament to the fact that they know, mm. because if they're going to pay you out for anything, um, at least that's one of the things. That's a
1: very good point. I never
0: thought of it like that. Yeah.
2: Mm. And there is, I mean, there is that some weird thing about guy culture where we do oh, yeah. trash each other, but because it's about, as you say, Hudson, it's, it's about everything. Mm. Um, therefore it doesn't feel particularly, are yep. attacking belief? Yeah. Um, because they'll also just pay out because of the you know pair of shorts you wore that day or yeah you know, whatever like they're all just dumb things yeah um, and so it kind of relativizes everything like mm. everything just becomes on the same level and it's all uh, good natured like mm. you know we uh, we we rib each other as guys without it being cruel yep. um, yeah
0: until of course it does get cruel and yep. that is yes. and that is a different level yeah um, and that is that is bullying that is like that stuff actually does get deeper and that is a visual like you can you can feel that different yeah um, like
1: walking into a group you can
0: you can see the vibe yeah. from how they do it and the reaction yeah. that you get yeah and that and that is a very different cultural yes. part of it um yeah, yeah, yeah. and that can occur because you are a christian um yes. however what i think we're both talking about is that there's that experience of oh yeah everyone is getting equally paid out here, and there's a difference between
2: it, whether it's happening within within a friendship group yep. that you know bullying. there's actually a, a there is a there's a genuine friendship there yep. versus a bullying that is usually coming from outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've the,
1: experienced both, and you you can tell straight away.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well that's, that's interesting. I mean the statistics here, there's the, basically uh, there's a whole lot of different numbers, but comes up with the the basic idea that generally Gen Z is quite tolerant when it comes to religious diversity. Mm. And so really high values on uh, whether students should be allowed to wear religious clothes at school, whether all religious groups should be free to practice their religion, whatever they want, um, positive attitudes towards um, the the typically non-Western religions, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Here's a really interesting one. Uh, having people of many different faiths makes Australia a better place to live. Uh, now, Ethan, I know you can read over my shoulder, but uh, Hudson, you want to have a guess at how many, what percentage of people would agree that having people of many different faiths makes Australia a better place to live?
1: That's very interesting. Um, 34?
2: Okay, Interesting.
1: I don't know if I've gone too high, too low. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: the number from this survey is ninety-one oh, percent.
1: that that that's. It. I was thinking like maybe it is very high because there's a culture of accepting everything. Mm. But I would. Um, I had just had this thought that there's a culture of accepting everything as long as it doesn't affect you. Mm. So as soon as like, hey, yeah, that's cool. You do whatever you want. But as soon as it gets to the point where it's affecting me, get that away.
2: Yes. Mm. yeah. which comes then back to that the question of the the shock absorber series about evangelism and that we're kind of tapping into is um evangelism does get to a point where it does impinge on the other person because actually we do want them to change uh and that's where it hits that cultural point of you know it's really good that everyone just Everyone just does them. They've got their own beliefs. If you believe in UFOs, you believe in crystals, you believe in astrology, that's all cool. Like we can all get along mm. and really high numbers of, yeah, actually having a, a diversity of opinions and spiritual beliefs is actually a good thing for Australia. Um, but when we come from a Christian point of view where we say uh, we have a, a spirituality and a belief system, but also one that we believe is um, has a historic credibility to it, um, and has a rightness reality to it, and therefore we want other people to find, you know, to, to come to Jesus as their Lord and Savior themselves. Um, it's not the same urgency as, hey, you want to try out this crystal or this whatever because it might help you be more calm, or oh, if you just realize that your star sign was this, that's why you conflict with your mum because she's of this. Mm. You know, it there's a, there's a greater urgency, there's a greater depth of that and i think that's where this everyone just does them that's all cool um really makes it very difficult for all of us and particularly um uh, the young our young crew to have those conversations where it's not just come and enjoy church because it's kind of fun and it's nice and you'll get some um s'mores and like just a bit of frivolity and you can hang up upstairs and play loud video games but to the point where actually say to someone are you going to make a response to jesus christ Mm. yeah that is a massive jump but it's also one that evangelism is is pushing us to which makes it so difficult
0: Mm. i had a really good conversation with a friend uh and that conversation ended with him saying that if christianity is real he would have to change his entire life it was just like everything i do i would have to change And
2: to which the answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what you do. Yeah. And I think it's good for us not to trivialise that. Of course. Um, and to realise that it's super significant, particularly for the like all three of us have grown up in Christian families, Mm. and so there's a normalness to Mm. Christianity, whereas we Mm. continue in the faith that we've heard from our parents and our leaders and our youth group, and all the way through, there are potentially there's less things that need to change even though god's constantly working on us mm. but there are certain things that we just accept as normal because we've grown up in christian homes and this and in christian church um but yeah for someone to get to that realization is awesome sorry i interrupted well he got to
0: that realization and we finished that conversation i have since talked to him since but it was a i don't want to do it like mm. like and, I, and i'm i don't believe he's real but if I did believe he's real, everything would have to shift, and that was a really scary thought uh, for that person, and um, or at least I think it was scary. It was it was definitely confronting, and I think the um, the the big thing about the differences between Christianity and something like uh, crystals or or astrology is that there is a point where it's yeah, we're, we're going to talk to you about this and yes, it's a you-do-you you thing. But I'm actually going to say to you, this is a lot, like Jesus changes everything. It's something we say here, at, um, we talk about here a lot and uh, at Soul Bible. And that is that he changes our lives and, and it isn't always pleasant. And so as soon as something isn't always pleasant, like you were saying, as soon as it affects the person, it becomes a much less tolerable to hear about and talk about. Uh, Tim, you just brought up a Bible verse.
2: Oh, no, it just, it reminded me of Jesus' um, story where, um, so Luke 14 talks about the cost of being a disciple uh, and Jesus turns to the crowd who are following him and says, "'If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, "'wife and children, brother and sister, "'yes, even their own life, "'such a person cannot be my disciple,' And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And you can imagine a whole lot of people there going, so if I follow you, it changes everything. Um, That same kind of realization you have with your friend. And Jesus says, yes. And so then he follows on and says, well, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Uh, And so I think it is right to put in front of people that there's a costliness Mm. to it. That, yeah, like, and and for someone to come with that realisation, if I, I don't believe this, but if I did, it would change everything. Mm. Um, I I think my automatic impression would be to try and soften that a little. Uh, and go oh like yeah yeah but, Je- but Jesus is like really good and um, oh, me, I mean you have to tra- change everything like I'd, I would try and soften down because I'm a bit of a peacemaker I'm a <laughs> conflict avoider and I'd find that conversation really difficult mm. um, but there is a sense uh, where Jesus is actually goes yep so what are you going to do mm. uh, and just lets them yep. sit in the heaviness mm. um, and doesn't try and soften in any way doesn't persuade like, you know, Jesus never bullies anyone into the kingdom no um but he just sits there with the awkwardness of "Mm -hmm. yeah it is hard Mm. yeah pretty much everything you know will have to change uh and at least at that point the person is recognizing what they're rejecting Mm. which is really really sad yeah um and a really really hard place to be um but it's also where the gospel takes us Mm. and yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a wrestle, particularly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you feel the same, Hudson, but it's a, a bit of an introvert, a bit of a conflict avoider. I just find that – I would find that super hard to have that conversation with people. That's
1: a good point because I'm just reflecting on myself that uh Alpha One – I've been <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> I love that code net. Wait, yes, Alpha One. Alpha One. Um, yeah. Going back to what you said, I've uh, formulated like how can I – because he's coming, he's coming to um, – church now, what 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 could be the next step? And I was formulating questions and I thought of this question uh, which is, what do you think in your life would you need, because saying do you, uh, you want to become a Christian? Um, no, I'm 95% out of the time going to get a no. Um, uh, what do you think in your life would you need to change to become a Christian? Mm. And I, I think the reason from what I've heard from you um, is because I'm scared of the realisation that if I push too hard then he's gonna go oh, out and i'm mm-hmm. not gonna like breaking that friendship due to yeah. that which is a very hard thought but then again it i gotta remember that's all in uh, jesus mm-hmm. yeah and stuff and it's not me
0: and it's super important it. to do all of this from a really loving standpoint Absolutely. especially with hard questions like that right um it is it is really important that everything we do and every question we ask it's really important that the other person knows that we are asking them that because we love them. Um, and what's really cool about my relationship with a lot of my friends is probably with all of my friends is they know that I think that Christianity is the most important thing ever. And I think that, and so when I am saying something like, Hey, be a Christian, I'm actually saying, Hey, come and like spend eternity with me. Like, cause I want to be a friend. And like I and I want and I want you to be my friend forever, like that's that's where I'm asking those questions from, mm. um, and that's where those where you guys have been talking about going in coming in from a relational, uh, spending a lot of time standpoint, like those that those kind of things that he's easier to do, um, I jump the gun a little bit and <laughs> I assume that people will think that I think that, um, and so I just have to get good at, uh, and I have been getting good at it over time um, at getting good at ha- having those conversations um, with a lot less groundwork. Um, however, it, the, the, the point stays the same. Mm. I'm telling you this because I love you. Yep. And yep. I think that spending eternity together would be sick um, and God loves you. Yep. And he wants to have that relationship with you. Um, and it's not just a, I think you should change your life because you're, you're not doing your life properly. it's a, it's a, I'm not doing my life properly, but I know the way to do my life properly is follow Jesus. And I'm trying really hard to do that. And because of all the good things I've been telling you about. um, Yeah. Is that helpful? Mm, That's, that's very helpful. Yeah. You know, that's, that's something I've found. And I think is, is really, is really important to have underlying it all. um, Mm. And helps avoid those moments of, oh, well, I don't want to be friends with you if you think like that. Yeah, like that's and that is a really real thing that happens. Um, uh, so my dad's Jew shares that um, a bunch of his mates uh, in the in the year eleven or twelve tapped out of being friends with him because he wanted to um, live like a Christian, and they were like, "Well, we don't want to be friends with you if you're going to live like that." Um, I don't think I think those stats show that um, that that happens less. I think these days. Um, but it is something that's still scary um, and is still hard to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any any thoughts off that or do we want to move on to the next point?
2: Uh, no, th- I think um, just reflect, like, mm. as you say, that there's a lot of tolerance yeah. um, there. Um, but particularly as, as we go through um, upper high school and out of high school yeah. and certainly when things become, you know, uh, other activities become available once you you, know, you hit 18 and you yeah. can you know go to you know, pubs and do you know drinking more regularly and those kinds of things there are there's always that point where um, as as a christian and as someone who's committed to um, you know the, the way of jesus um, but also committed time-wise to you know church and gatherings and saturday nights and all those kinds of things where you start to say uh, no, I'm not going to join you in in this either because the what you are heading off to do is not something that as a Christian I can faithfully do. Yeah. Um, or it conflicts with other priorities that I have. Um, and that's always really difficult and something that we need to, you know, navigate and with the wisdom of each other and, and helping each other as um, you know at the table, brothers in Christ and brothers mm. and sisters when we talk about a lot wider conversation. yeah, um, yeah just yeah, how do we how do we do that well? Because Um, and it's not, and also helping to communicate. It's not because I don't love you. Mm. Um, I would still love to be friends with you, but I can't commit this time or I can't, I'm I'm choosing not to go to that place or I'm choosing not to engage in that activity or whatever it is, but how to do that in, um, loving ways that, uh, does everything you can to live at peace with others. Um, and to affirm, uh, what you can affirm about other people, um, But yeah it's it's not easy it's it's difficult walk and certainly as our culture becomes more or less and less christian um more christian adjacent then it's something we continue to struggle with
0: i think this uh is a conversation that we uh will be having for a long time this Mm. is not a conversation that we sit and get we we, we sit at this table and answer (laughs) all the questions um, and tick all the boxes (laughs) come back next week come back next week for (laughs) we answer yeah um <laughs> but um yeah this is this is not a we have all the solutions um, but we do we have the solution that is jesus right um and but but when it, when we're talking about uh evangelism uh, whether it be in school um or to the ho- whole generation <laughs> uh, of teenagers um and younger um, i actually just really quickly before i just really quick, i don't actually know what generation i'm in you're a millennial
2: yeah but like that keeps changing oh i don't know you might be on the cusp i'm I'm on the cusp of x and y so right depends who's giving you the definition yeah because
0: i keep i've been given different uh, 1998 millennial there you go from 1980 to 1999 is millennial and then Z is 2000 and up so i'm on the edge um
2: yeah yeah. Well, yeah so it's got 1996 as the start but also 2000
0: uh, yep. yeah anyway. yep. and yeah that says 90 yeah wild so as someone who is on the cusp and is kind of able to answer some of those questions because <laughs> i've experienced them um but also i'm older than you and like what we like seven years apart
1: yes yeah something <laughs> like that wait um are you yeah, are you, yeah 2005. Yeah, sure.
0: sure. Yeah. Um, I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how and how far apart are we, Tim? So I'm 82, and no, i 90 So that's
2: whatever that is. I don't know. 18. I thought you yeah, were saying sure. you were 82 years old. i was 82. Like <laughs> <up. laughs> I am you 82. Should, if you're on YouTube, you can see the uh, the benefit of the moisturiser I use. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> making this 82 year old body look quite good. 1982. So, <laughs> 19, so yeah, which again is depending who you ask, either X is just finishing or. Uh, millennial is just starting yeah right so yeah, yeah. There you
0: go. so we're we're both customers Confused. but um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so this this conversation has been happening across a whole bunch of generations um and is still happening in this one um and it's really exciting that with this shock absorber thing um that we've been talking about that we're going to work together to sort out um, to, and figure out how to evangelize to gen z and um, I'm really excited to evangelize to Zoomers. I find them, um, it's it's awesome, and um, <laughs> and the fact that we haven't been calling them Zo- calling us Zoomers for the last Zoomers. Co- I mean, we haven't, we haven't, we, that, that's exactly that's the actual thing. It's their Zoomers. Oh,
1: that. That's right. Yeah. I can right. just uh, put like quotation marks, to Zoomer. Yeah,
2: like Zoomer. Right. Okay, yeah. Zoomer. <laughs> um, Is that because yeah. they spent half their high school on Zoom? Yeah, pretty much. COVID. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so all the, all the, um, it's been, it's been that, sorry, I've been taking a long time to say this, <laughs> but to continue the conversation on the shock Absorber podcast is all I'm trying to say. Um, and we're going to continue this conversation here at Sorrow Bible. Um, and we're going to always be talking about this stuff. Um, but this evangelism series is still going, uh, on the shock Absorber podcast. And I would encourage you guys to check it out. Um, every week we're talking about a new thing. Do you know what we're talking about next time?
2: Uh, I believe once um, all of us at the shock Absorber table come back from different bouts of COVID, uh, we're <laughs> going to hit the 1980s. Excellent. <laughs>
0: uh, so bum, hit bum, the bum. The 1980s. And that's that's and that's and a really similar conversation to this one, right? Like that's a, how is evangelism done then? And we're talking about how do we do evangelism now? Uh, and they'd all inspires and, 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 and informs, that's the word I was looking for, informs one another. Um, and yeah, so I think that's really cool to learn from all that. Um, thank you very much, Hudson. It was excellent to hear you um, and learn from you um, mm. and um, be encouraged by you, bro. I really, that was, it was very cool. Um, Tim? Thank you very much for rejoining us, bringing all Pleasure. the all the stats and facts. That's, um, that's it. Um and to that, wrap up the chips. Yeah, we're going to wrap up yeah. the chips. Um, that's all from us here at the Chip Punch Podcast. And we'll end in the usual way we do uh, with a one-way.
2: All right.